John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, Jesus declares this. He says, I am the true vine. Now, the fact that he mentions true implies there are false. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them all together and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And my Father, or rather, and it shall be done to you. By this, my Father is glorified. Not that you speak in tongues. This is how the Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, number one, so that you can become my disciples. In this passage of Scripture, there are three <clears throat> main characters. Jesus, who is divine. God the Father, who is divine dresser. And the disciples, who are the fruit. Interesting. And by means of repetition, there are also three key words in this portion of Scripture. Number one, the word in, to be in. One thing is to be with. Another thing is to be in. Many people are with God. But God is talking about being in God. Number one, in. Number two, abide. And number three, keywords, the word fruit. Number one, in Number two, abide. Number three, fruit. And Jesus chooses this figure, this example, this illustration. Bear in mind, by chapter 15 of the Gospel according to St. John, Jesus is towards the end of his public ministry. He's going now ready to experience that last journey before Calvary. He's about to die soon. He already did all the miracles he's going to do. And he's already getting ready to go downhill to the cross in order to rise up in power. So right before he experiences Golgotha, he wants to ensure his disciples of the importance of being connected to Christ. So he uses a figure which is 
the figure of the vine, for several reasons. Number one, because of the lowliness of the vine. Jesus did not say, I am the pine tree. He didn't say, I am the oak tree. He said, I am the vine. Now, different from an oak tree, vines don't grow but three to four feet tall. He says, I'm not a pine tree. I'm not an oak tree. I'm not a mulberry tree. I am the vine. And the vine represents Jesus' character, which is one of the most lowest trees in the times of Palestine. Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is seated in glory, surrounded by majestic power and worship, when he comes to the earth, Philippians chapter 2 says, he thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but he lowered himself and took the form of a servant. So when I look at the vine, Jesus says, I am the vine. I am humble enough to become nothing so that you can become what I want you to be. But the key to becoming what I want you to be is you've got to be connected to me. The loneliness of the vine demonstrates Jesus' humility. It also pictures a close, permanent, vital union between the vine and the branches. It is symbolic of belonging. We don't serve a God that is far from us that we can't touch us. He is so close to us that if we draw near to him, he says, I will draw near unto you. A vital union between the vine and the branches. It is symbolic of belonging because branches belong entirely to the vine. If branches are to live and bear fruit, they must completely depend on the vine for nourishment, for support, for strength and for vitality. Your dependence on Jesus is bigger than what you think. Yet many who call themselves Christians fail to depend on Christ. Instead of being attached to the true vine, they're tied and attached to a bank account. So as long as I got money, I'm good. Others are attached to their education. Some have tried to make vines out of popularity, out of fame and personal skills and possessions and even relationships and fleshly desires. Listen, listen, I'm preaching old school today. Listen, some people think that the church is divine. The church is not divine. Jesus is divine. And people think that the church is divine, and consequently, they begin and try to attach themselves to religious systems. But none of these things can sustain or bear fruit. The only one that can bear fruit is Jesus Christ, who is the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine. But then he talks about the vine dresser. And let me tell you, the disciples, the disciples were very familiarized or familiar with the role of the vine dresser. Because after a vine is planted, the vine dresser has two duties. First of, all, first of all, he cuts off the fruitless branches which are taken away. Listen to this, listen to this. The first thing the vine dresser does as he looks at the vine, he starts cutting off fruitless branches. Because some branches are green, 
Some branches have leaves, but they bear no fruit. And the vine dresser has the capacity to decipher. It might look nice on the outside, but there's something wrong on the inside because by now you should have produced some kind of fruit. So what he does, he starts cutting off branches that take away the sap. The sap. The sap is what they call the savion. The sap is the, 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 the extract of the fruit in the vine that is what produces the fruit to then give nourishment to the grape so that when you eat the grape, you know the grape was well nourished because the sap of the vine was infiltrated into the... He says, I am the vine. But my father is the vine dresser. Now, why is it important to cut off a branch that is not bearing fruit? Because it sucks out the sap out of the vine. Have you ever been around people that they suck the life out of you? You mad happy come to church and here come, here come a dead branch <laughs> suck the life out of you? Some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all been sucked out financially, y'all been sucked out spiritually, y'all been sucked out emotionally, and y'all come to church for, for a quick fix. Let me tell you, your problem ain't the quick fix. Your problem is you got to learn how to cut some things in your environment so that you can produce fruit worthy to the calling over your life. If sap is wasted, if that savion, that extract, if the sap is wasted, the plant will always bear less fruit. And then he constantly trims out. This is what the vine dresser does. He constantly starts trimming out from the fruit-bearing branches so that all of the sap is concentrated on the process of fruit-bearing. This is why when I came to Jesus... I understood that coming to Jesus meant he was going to sat and cut some things out of my life. He was going to prune me. He was going to cut some stuff. He was going to shave some stuff out of my life in order so that I can grow productively. And both of these duties, we find it in verse 2. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit fruit. Why? Because the, bru the fruitless branches that are cut off are useless. And since they, listen to this, they're so useless, they're so useless. Remember in the Bible, book of Acts, Paul was, Paul, uh, he escaped and he made it to the island of Malta and he, was, he almost di died while he was shipwrecked and he made it to the island of Malta. And while he's in the island of Malta, he starts getting some brushwood and some branches to warm himself from the cold. And all of a sudden, a viper came out and bit him in the hand. Well, anyway, and, 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 you know, when, whenever you would see branches in Bible, it represented heat. It represented warmth. It represented that thing you used to keep yourself warm. But the branches of the vine, if they were disconnected from the vine, if the branch was disconnected from the vine, the, vine, the branch had no worth, not even, to produce warmth. The branch of the vine was the only branch that didn't produce heat. It's the only branch that once you put it on a fire by itself, it doesn't burn. It doesn't warm. So what they would do is they would take all of the branches from the vine and mix it with garbage and rubbish and paper and foolishness and put it in so that it all combust together and burn. Listen to what I'm telling you. A branch disconnected from the vine has no purpose and is useless. 
But pastor, but I got a nice car. Don't matter. But pastor, I just graduated. Da, 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 da. It don't matter. If you're disconnected from the vine, you will not produce fruit. Because the success of the vine is fruit. You could look pretty. You could have a lot of leaves. You could give a lot of shade. But if you're not giving fruit, the vine dresser saying something is wrong with this branch. In verse 2, it says that he doesn't, in verse 2, it says that he takes it away. The Bible doesn't say that the vine dresser repairs the branch. No. If it's not producing fruit, he don't repair it. He cuts it. He cuts it. My question to you is, if you're still hanging on to the vine, it's because God still believes he's got a plan for you. Don't let him cut you out. Stay plugged into the vine. So my question to you is, are you connected or are you abiding? There's a big difference. Being connected is one thing. Abiding is another. There are a lot of people that are connected to Jesus, but they're not abiding in Jesus. There's a lot of people that are connected with Jesus, and those, listen to me, those who are removed only appear to be connected to Christ. When the vine dresser starts cutting, he doesn't cut them because they were, con- because they were not connected. They were connected, which is why he cut them. Because one thing is, see, the difference between connecting, uh, being connected and abiding is that when you are connected to a thing, you might be fruitless and you could be dead, but you just plugged in. So everybody thinks like, oh, he's part of us. But when you are abiding, you're speaking the same lingo. You have the same heart. You have the same spirit. When they look at you, they look at him. And you cannot differentiate one from the other because I'm not just connected to you. I'm abiding with you. You know what I'm This is why Judas was connected to Christ. Three and a half years. Jesus was there and Judas when Jesus performed every miracle. Every miracle Jesus performed, Judas was connected to Christ. He walked on water, Judas was there. He healed the the sick, Judas was there. Right here, Brock, got your back. Everything Jesus, multiply the fish and the bread. Judas was there. Ate at the table. Judas was there. When things got tight, somebody had to go pay some bills. Judas was there. He was a treasurer. But being connected to Jesus, yet he, yet he betrayed the Lord and died and never made it to heaven. Because you can be connected to Christ and not abide and feel like you're right, but you're wrong. I'll be like, oh, But then you look at Paul who was not connected to Jesus physically, Paul never walked with Christ. Paul never saw Jesus raise the dead. As a matter of fact, Paul had to defend his apostleship because they didn't believe he was an apostle because to have been an apostle, you have to see walk with Jesus, learn by Jesus, and watch him raise from the dead and go to heaven. Paul then, but Paul, who abided in Christ, yeah, he was, listen, you, listen, listen you, could, you could be connected to the vine, but if you're not abiding in the vine, at the end of the day, he's going to cut you, he's going to cut me. I'd rather abide in him than be connected to him. We got to abide in him. Look what Revelation says. Revelation, God speaks to the seven churches. But in chapter 3, he speaks to one church in particular. And he tells that church 
He says, you have, a, you have a good reputation. Look what he says. He says, you have a reputation that you are alive, but you're dead. This church, when, when, when the people would see the church of Sardis, oh, my God, that church is so spiritual. Oh, my God. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, your reputation and your reality don't align itself. And we got to make it our business that we don't give an impression of one thing, but at the end manifest another. Jesus is saying, I got a problem with the church today because the church looks right, walks right, acts right, but I know the heart. And when I search the heart, the heart does not coincide with the outside. You have a great reputation. When they look at you, oh my God, look how holy he is. Look how holy she is. She come with her Bible on her armpit talking about, can't. Nobody. Let me, let me tell you something about that real quick. You have a good name. You have a good reputation. But you're alive. But you're dead. And what does Jesus tell the church? He tells them, strengthen what remains. Now, what was remaining? Their love for Christ. And that's the good thing about Jesus, that if you still have love for Christ, even though you're connected and not bearing fruit, if you strengthen what remains, which is your love for Christ, God can take that love you have toward him and he could give you, jumpstart you again and give you back life. But you've got to acknowledge, wait a minute, Lord, 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 I'm running on empty. Lord, I'm running on mechanics. Lord, I'm running on systems. Lord, I'm running on, 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 on a plan that I know that in, in the public everybody thinks I'm holy. But in private, I know I'm so far from you. Lord, take me back to that place. We got to go back to the place where we can repent. Pen before the Lord and stop faking the funk and get down on our knees and say, God, I haven't spoken to you in three years and I want to say sorry because at the end of the day, you know I love you. And the Bible says that a humble and a contrite heart, the Lord will not cast away. Church, we got to go back to our first love. We got to go back to our first love. And the vine dresser says, I know the heart. I know the real you. I know who you fake to be in public, but who you really are in private. But if you allow me, vine dresser, to prune you, branch, I promise my pruning process in you will bring about great fruit. My pruning process, if you allow me to start cutting and cutting and cutting. I remember when I was a kid, oh, my God, I detested haircuts. Why is it every kid hates haircuts? And the barber's there, and I'm like, no, 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 mama. But, 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 but it's going to make you look nicer. It's going to make you look better. And God is trying to prune some of us. He's trying to cut some of us. He's trying to get out of that weed whack. He's trying to take all that junk. And we're like, no, 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 no. Let, the Lord is telling you today, let the master work his work in your life. The father prunes a branch for one reason, so that you may bear fruit. After continued pruning, look what verse 8 says. My father is God. Glorified by this, that you bear fruit. 
God doesn't get the glory because you hit it a bow. Hey, mosquito, uh, Mitsubishi. No, 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 no. <laughs> Speaking in tongues. The father says, Jesus is saying, if you want to know how my father gets glorified, he gets glorified in this. When you start bearing fruit, you've been in church five years and you're still cussing. You've been in church 10 years and you're still smoking. You've been in church and, and you're still having change in your character. The Lord is calling from us a change of attitude so that when he sees us from heaven, he can say he is ripe. She is ready to bear. We got to change, church. Because fruitless branches will be removed. They're going to be removed. Fruit-bearing and non-fruit-bearing branches grow rapidly. That's why the, the vine dresser has to be on top of the branches every single day. And if there is to be a large quantity of fruit, the fruitless branches must be removed as well as the shoots that grow in the fruit-bearing branches. Check this out. In the first century, now because of technology and, 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 and injectors, injections and all that stuff is different, but in the first century Palestine, it was common to prevent a vine from bearing fruit for three years after it was planted. In the fourth year, that vine was strong enough to bear fruit. Now, bear in mind, Jesus is talking to who? To his disciples, who have been with Christ up until this point, almost three and a half years. What he's telling them by this parable is, now is time for y'all to bear fruit. I've been working you for three and a half years, and it was okay when you doubted me, Peter, and it was okay back then, but now you're in the fourth, going to the fourth year, so by now, there's got to be some fruit. The Lord is telling us, you've been saved so long, by now, something's supposed to be showing. By now. By now. Mature branches, which had already been through the four-year process, were pruned annually. Lord. Is there anything you got to work in me, Lord? See, the more holier you get, the more you want God to prune you. The more holier you get, the more you want God to work you. But holiness comes with pruning. Because listen, listen to me, church. There is no such thing as a fruitless Christian. You're either a Christian or you ain't a Christian. Because every Christian is supposed to bear some kind of fruit. It might not be a whole thing of grace. It might be one little bootleg grape, but bear fruit. <laughs> you, 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 you might have to look hard to find for that grape. But as long as you got, because all God needs is faith the size of a mustard seed. I'm here to tell you, church, it's time for you to believe God that he can take your insignificance and your shortcomings and put yourself in the hands of the Lord. And God will produce a fruit worthy to his name. It is the essence of the Christian to bear fruit. That's the essence of every believer. Ephesians chapter 2 and 10 says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Listen to me. The fruit of salvation is good works. That's why James chapter 2 verse 17, he explains the close relationship between faith and works. And he says, even so faith. If it has no works, it's dead. 
being by itself. Now, 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 let me me explain that because this does not mean that a person is saved by his works. But what it means is that by the works of a believer, the works are the evidence that that faith that saved you is real. That is genuine. That's why Jesus said a genuine believer can be tested by his fruit. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, 17, Jesus said this. He said, you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from the thistles. Are they? So every good tree bears good fruit. But every bad tree bears bad fruit. But pastor, how could that be possible? So there is such a thing as people in the church that don't belong in the church? Oh, let me tell you what John wrote right quick. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. He says this. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. So is it possible that you are in the church and you're not of the church? Read that again. If you are religious, you need to be sure of your connection to Christ and ensure that that connection is a genuine one. That's what the Apostle Paul, and I'm closing, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 said this. He said, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves or Do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? We have a stern warning from Scripture to check our own lives and make sure our salvation is real. Church, this is serious, man. A branch that does not bear fruit is going to be taken away and burned. Those who say the discarded branches are Christians have a problem because the branches are burned. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. If they're Christians, it would mean that they have lost their salvation forever. And I believe that God's desire for us today is to bear fruit. Well, Pastor, then I, I guess I don't, I don't fit. I guess I don't call. I guess God didn't call me. I guess I don't belong in this church because, because I don't feel. Thank God salvation has nothing to do with how you feel. Because if salvation had to do with based on how you feel and how I feel, oh my good God Almighty, I'll be a bipolar Christian. Save today, sinning tomorrow. But this is not a feeling thing. This is knowing that I have been chosen in him. Verse 16 says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go. Listen, God has so much God has so much faith that if you do what he tells you to do, you're going to bear so much fruit. He says this, he said, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. I'm not just going to give you the type of fruit that you eat and it's over. No, that fruit is going to abide. So that whatever you ask the Father, we all say, we all say this thing. No, your Bible says whatever we ask in your name, you won't give it. No, no, no. He never said that. He's not going to give you every, anything you ask. That's not what we know. The condition to give you whatever you want is that you should go and bear fruit. You want everything that God has for you, bear fruit. You want everything God has for you, stay connected to the vine. He says in verse 4, abide in me 
and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Today the Lord is asking us to abide in him. He doesn't just want us to be connected to religious systems and protocol and, and liturgical dynamics. He wants us to be abiding in him. Abide in me. Because I am the vine and you are the branches. And my father is the vine dresser. That's the correlation. Three key words. In, abide, and fruit. You got to be in Christ. You have to abide every single day of your life. And you have to bear fruit.